Welcome to Stack Keys Podcast, a podcast to feature women who are impressive in the work world or in raising a family or who have hobbies that can make us all be encouraged. Want to hear what makes these women passionate and get up in the morning or what they wish they may have known a little bit earlier in their own lives? Grab your keys and stomp to your own drum. Today, we have Lauren French Barnett joining us on Stacked Keys podcast, and I cannot wait for you to take a listen. We covered so much ground, but tune in when she talks. She has an energy and a passion that makes me want to take up dancing and makes me even believe that I could. She co-owns a dance studio called Empire Dance in Georgia, and uh, she brings back all that she learned in her college days at the time she spent in New York. So the mission statement of her studio is to build the students up by zero, zeroing in on their personal needs and building them. This is a healthy lifestyle and physical activity, and the talents and ability is certainly found in her students. I was amazed at the idea that she and her co-owner bring New York talent right here to the local community to work with them. So listen in to Stack that I want to see and a whole lot of things that I want to be. All I got to do is count one, two, three to my own drum. Whatever you do, it ain't nothing on me because I'm doing my thing and I hold the key to all my wants and all my dreams. Like an old song, everything will be all is with Empire Theater and um, she works there with Alex, Lisa and Todd and this is in Cordill, Georgia and serving that town and the surrounding areas. Welcome Lauren. Thank you. It's good to be here. Well I am glad to have you. Um, I'm excited about this because I am not a dancer, um, have never been and so I'm excited to talk to someone who is and to kind of delve into that world. That sounds great. I'm excited to share some stuff with you today. Well, good. So um, let's start off with any more introduction that you can add to that and tell the audience just a little bit more about yourself. Sure. So my name is Lauren French, since I married Lauren French Barnett, and we opened a performing arts studio and theater here. It'll be five years this coming up, May. And we do dance acting, musical theater, singing, anything in the performing arts, and then we also own a professional theater company where we bring in New York City actors in the summer, and our kids are able to be the rest of the cast, and we put on those professional productions, and then we have two professional children's show productions twice a year, where we bust in schools for about 16 performances over a two-week period. So we're the theater and the, and the dance studio. That's huge, and Cordell is not a large town. It's not, it's not, but it has been so much fun to see the support that the community has given us and the surrounding communities we reach as far as our children's shows. uh, We reach all the way, uh, Houston County, Bibb County, all the way down to the Valdosta area and around, and they bust into our shows, so it's really exciting. That's great. So, touch on New York. You obviously have a connection to New York, and what would that be? 
Absolutely. I went to school in New York City at the American Musical and Dramatic Academy, and that's where I met my business partner, Alex Resmussen. We just randomly got roomed together. It was totally a God thing. And I actually wasn't supposed to go to school because uh, at the time I could not get a loan to finish paying uh, for this really expensive school. So I did some kind of shady work as far as sending off a deposit for a loan company. It ended up being false and fraud. So they stole my identity, all kinds of fun stuff. So I called Alex. We had talked before and I said, look, I am not coming. Um, I already have a plane ticket to come up there. So we're just going to visit the school, but I'm not going to be able to stay because I don't have the money to finish paying the tuition. And she was upset about it, but we had not met. So uh, I went up there just to kind of see everything. And while I was there, we told the admissions office what happened and that I was going to work as a waitress for about a semester to a year and then come. And they said, you know what? Give us a second. And they came back and said, we're just going to give you the rest in scholarship. Just stay. Oh, wow. And so... Um, I didn't have anything with me, so my mom went to Kmart and bought me everything from my <laughs> dorm room and left me there. I didn't tell anyone bye or anything because I didn't know I was staying, and that's kind of how Alex and I met, and we realized now it was totally a God thing because we work together and we love it. So. Oh, I just got goosebumps because that obviously was a path you needed to be on. It was crazy. It was really crazy how God works, and there's been so many instances in our life since then that we're like, wow, that was totally God, and... Uh, she's my best friend and I love her and I guess we're going on 10 years now I guess I'm telling my age but we're going on 10 years of friendship now so that's great okay so are you from Cordell I am I'm originally from here my mom's a voice and piano teacher here she's been teaching for 29 years here in Cordell and uh, we partner with her through the studio so she does all of our voice and piano lessons as well as my sister we partner with her as well she does FaceTime lessons for our kids and she lives in Arkansas right now oh that's cool and so we do that but yeah from here originally and when Alex and I we performed professionally for a a while I performed in and around New York City and around the nation as far as in shows and plays and musicals and traveled and Alex did the same thing more in the Orlando area and then we realized one day after we got married and I dragged my farmer husband up to New York City to live for two years. Oh, wow. We, we wanted to, it was interesting. <laughs> it was interesting. He did really good, though. He definitely loved me for throwing himself in that situation. Um, but we realized we wanted to have a family and didn't want to raise a baby in the city with concrete. So we talked, Alex and I talked and decided, hey, you know what would be cool is if we opened our own studio. We both worked for companies that we couldn't really be very creative in they weren't performing arts companies and uh, we didn't have the freedom to do things uh, that we wanted to do there was a company I worked for that was uh, not a Christian company you know living in New York City and I was in charge of all the musicals so I did a Christmas musical and I wrote one but I wasn't allowed to mention Christmas or Jesus or Santa or anything so we made it a winter musical and about giving back to the community and it was just um it was the whole flavor yeah it was kind of hard so we just ended up vending about that one day and said you know what we should open our own haha and then about a month later we called each other like no we really should open our own and so we toyed around with Iowa which is where she's from and Cordial and she hates the cold so Cordial won I did not tell her about the gnats (laughs) I did not tell her about the gnats or the heat index and so um that was a little bit of a surprise (laughs) but uh, she loves it here she's been here now for going on five years so 
That's fabulous. And what you're bringing to the community. Um, to I saw about exposing kids to the showcase in LA yes absolutely yeah we're really excited about that Uh, once a year we do an agent showcase and kids sign up we prepare them with a monologue a song a commercial and a scene and we have agents from Atlanta Jacksonville Orlando area come and watch them perform those in November it's about a 10-week process and they perform it in November and then those agents some of them decide to sign those children we have about 11 that are signed with an agency for commercials and movies and things like that and we've had a lot of them do promo and uh, modeling work through those things so that's exciting and then those agents pick who's goes on to the master showcase who's ready to go on to the entertainment hub to do a lot of master classes with Broadway stars and audition for Disney and things like that so we went to New York the first year we had a lot of uh, interaction with Broadway stars and things like that we auditioned in front of several Broadway casting agents and casting directors and that was really exciting for them and then last year we went to Orlando and did the Disney scene we had several master classes with uh, the head of performing arts at Disney and uh, Bruce in Finding Nemo at Disney World, things like that. And it was really, really cool. This year we're going to Los Angeles, so we'll see what that holds. That's great. So the kids really have opportunity. And cost-wise, how do you keep it from being prohibited? Sure. So we, when we opened... Um, one of the things that we both shared a common denominator in was that we were not allowed to take dance when we were young because our parents couldn't afford the costumes. So you're looking at three or four hundred dollars twice a year, and now it's upwards of that, depending on how many shows you're in or how many classes you're in. And so our parents just couldn't afford it. So we were not able to get um, a lot of our education until we moved away and uh, were able to pay for it on our own, or we were 15, 16 and able to pay for it. And so we decided when we opened, we wanted it to be completely economical, and uh, we decided to provide all the costumes. So we have a large costume closet. We do. No costume fees. Um, It's a lot on us. Uh, We either sew and recreate things, or we have a wonderful costume designer, Miss Autumn Smith, and she has come along recently and helped us greatly um, with all of our costuming needs. I'm more of a... Just cut it off. It's fine if it's too long. <laughs> She's more of a, please don't use the scissors on everything. Let me just hem it. <laughs> so She's been great with that. But So we do that. And then as far as our showcase trip and everything, we have uh, a lot of fundraisers to help the kids get ready for that. We do a Dancing with the Cordell Stars in January. And for the past two years, we've made over $5,000 uh, towards the kids' showcase trip with that. So. That's great. So you touched on something as a child. You didn't start out in dance. I didn't. Did you have a love for it? I did. You know, it it was kind of funny. My mom's a voice and piano teacher. Wanted to play the piano so bad. Like, it was my passion. And when I was about fourth grade, my mom was like, look, this is not your thing. I love you so much, but why don't you try dance? And so we did for a little bit. And then it was like, wow, I can't afford this. You know, so... We tried to find a different avenue, and that avenue ended up being, uh, I would enter competitions, and every year we would pick a Broadway song so that I could sing and dance to it in my competitions throughout the year. So that's how I got into theater. My mom and I would watch the Tonys, and 
uh, every every June we'd watch the Tonys and all the new musicals, and I would pick one of those songs, and we would do that in the competitions for the year. So that's kind of how I got my love for theater. Mm-hmm. I did a tap song one year, and we found a lady in the area, Miss Kay Stewart, that uh, had taught tap a while back, and so she gave me some private lessons, which is really nice. And uh, we found a seamstress here, Miss Barbara Finley, who is wonderful, and she made all my costumes from the time I was five years old starting competitions to when I graduated and we have all of those costumes in our costume closet and use them all the time. Oh, <laughs> we use great. them a lot of mileage, out of <laughs> a lot that's of mileage great. out of those. And that's kind of how we were able to afford it. And I grew my love for theater that way and was in, you know, when I plays and things in school and just really wanted to dance, but just couldn't, couldn't afford it. So, uh, once we, ended up going to college that's where we got a lot of our training um we danced throughout uh, high school and things like that in different events and chorus and and things things anything we could get our hand on we tried (laughs) but as far as our professional training uh, we danced about eight hours a day uh six days a week in college it was an intensive program and we did we were there from 7 30 in the morning to about 11 p.m. at night in classes oh every day. That was your life. It was. Completely. It was. Talk about not getting in trouble in college. <laughs> right? There was no time. No there time. was no time. The, the dropout rate was crazy. I think we had uh, about 600 in our class, and we graduated with 83. So we had... So there was a class of about 600, and I think we graduated with around 83. So it was a huge dropout rate. It was insanely hard, uh, but it was a real a real sense of accomplishment. Oh, <laughs> when, I'm sure. When we got done, I remember the first day at orientation, and they said, look, look beside you to your left and your right. Only one of you will graduate. And I was like, oh, wow, that's exciting. Mean. <laughs> yeah, but I think I <laughs> had that in mind, too. And yeah. I was pretty sure it was going to be me. Yeah, so I know, I know. It was a lot of tears. Every day I think we cried, uh, but it was good tears, and we learned so much. And now we're so excited to be able to pass that knowledge on to the kids here in Cordial. That's great. So your your visions have not changed of from your education to this point? I mean, both of you kind of had your ideals set there. That's right. Yeah. Um, once we were in college, we did perform a lot on our own. And once we wanted to settle down, we thought, well, you know, what we want to teach. We want to give back. And that's what our mission statement is at Empire to build children. It's all about building the kids, whether it's to build them and get rid of a speech impediment or uh, be a public speaker or just be able to talk in front of their class or be able to popcorn read in class because that's so traumatizing for a lot of kids. Or uh, we have several students who are on the professional track. They want to be a professional. And so it's really for everyone. We just want to build the children in the way that they want to grow. Yeah, kind of zero in on their needs. On their needs, right. So that brings me to ask about this. You know, every child that walks through the doors is not a dancer. Um, And moms might want them to be a dancer, but they may not be. So how do you deal with that? You channel it? We do channel it. Um, A lot of kids, though, their moms, uh, you know, they may want them to be a dancer, but they also understand um, a lot of this is for balance and flexibility and a general healthy lifestyle. Um, A lot of kids these days just don't get any exercise. If they're not in 
baseball, football, softball. They're at home sitting on the couch right. playing video not games, doing. and there's just not a lot of physical activity happening with these kids, and it affects their health negatively. So a lot of times, even if they're not a dancer-dancer, it works out because – they're getting what they're there for. They're getting what they need. They're getting that physical activity. And honestly, they're getting a camaraderie uh, with with the social atmosphere of it. There's a, a thing that we say at Empire called em, hashtag Empire Empowers. And we're a very empowering studio. Um, whether you're cheering Sally on to to do a split or you're chilling, cheering Jim on to just do a a jumping jack because they they're not coordinated enough to do a jumping jack um we it's all about empowering there's never an atmosphere of competition as far as we're better than each other we try to really stay drama free no dance mom atmosphere you you could see that on my face couldn't you right um (laughs) haven't watched it a lot but i know a lot of people do and so that's their only perception sure I don't think that's what you are. So No, we, we really try to nip that in the bud pretty yeah. quick. Um, we do have contracts and things like that that we signed in the beginning. And we have a very in-detail parent packet that explains our drama-free atmosphere and how we are we do a code of conduct and how we're supposed to treat each other, how the parents are supposed to treat each other, how we're supposed to treat them, how they're supposed to treat us, just so that we don't end up in one of those situations because that's not helpful for the kids, you know? Right. And... Um, if our mission statement is to build the children in any way, uh, negative atmospheres aren't going to do that. So it undoes what you're correct. Doing now that we're all we're not about giving uh, participation trophies at yeah. Empire. We're definitely not about that. Uh, there, people try out for a competition team, they don't make it. Uh, people try out for sh- right. People uh, they'll try out for shows, they don't get the part that they want six, seven times. But when it's their time. And when they know they're ready and when we know they're ready, it's going to pay off. And uh, we just really strive on hard work, dedication, perseverance. And sometimes that is negative. Sometimes it's not getting the part that you want, but that's what builds you to be a better person. Right. Evaluate what you want and evaluate even if you're in the right spot or right motivation. Sure. Um, So... You said something about uh, boys being in and learning a um, um, jumping jacks or, you know, whatever they're doing. Uh, my son came in, and I- I've forgotten exactly how old he was, but um, probably junior high school, and he took dance for a little while because he was a football player. Yes. And there was a football player around about that time. I can't remember who it was, but mm-hmm. they talked about – they have balance issues. Yes. And so they went that direction. Ballet is huge for a football player. Um, it's incredible the amount of endurance that it can build and balance and flexibility for a football player. We actually just started this semester. When we first started, it was like begging boys. You know, right. boys are not interested. And in, a lot of boys are like, if they're interested in theater or dance, it's like, no, I'm not. Like, I'm just, I just like to listen to the soundtracks. I don't want to actually do it, you know. And then as we've grown, um, we now this year have had so many boys we had to start a boy ballet class wow. strictly just boys and they love it they absolutely yeah, love it cool in their group now they with do that many right people. it's uh and they and they get excited because they get to lift the girls and they spin them around and they throw them up and you know they get to show how strong they are yeah <laughs> but they really are they're great um they, I think we have eight in that class right now and they range from age nine to 15 and they love it that's they great. Really love it. 
And it doesn't always mean that dance has to lead to some other sport or other. Right. No, I mean, absolutely not. They can certainly take it all the way. And they do. They love it. They love it. They've started tap this year. Some of the, I love the teenage boys that start and uh, they're 14, 15 right now. Love them so much. And they're just completely uninhibited. They don't care what anyone thinks. They're ready to go. And they're extremely talented. They've been some leads in some of our shows. They just started tap this semester and. They're already auditioning for competition team this week, and they're like, "We're gonna do it, Miss Lauren. We're gonna." I said, "Look, you come on, come and audition. Do it if you're confident. You get in there and you do it." And they're like, "Oh, we will." <laughs> so oh, they're great. great. They're that's great. Cool. All right. So a lot of people are talking these days about social media and the negative impact that it has on kids. These kids are pretty busy while they're involved with you, and then they have things to learn at home. Do, is social media? Do you see it as a problem in your? In your environment and, and watching the kids? You know, it can be. Uh, we recently put in some new stipulations for social media, and you said our studio, we have phone jail. So when you walk in, your phone goes in phone jail uh, at the front desk, and if the parents need the kids, they know they can call the studio at any time. But it's just so distracting for the kids to have their phones. And uh, last semester, I was in musical theater class, and it was one of the kids' entrances, and I was like, guys where are you at where's my, where's your entrance you're missing your cue and they were back you know stage texting or whatever and I was like okay guys this is a problem we're gonna have to put our phones in phone jail but they don't they just love being there and they love being a part of it and they don't they don't um there's no negative connotations towards it they're like all right phone and phone jail we know and um we did have some issues you know when you've got like 12 and 13 year old girls sometimes it's just hard because social media is their life yeah. you know and it's just going that direction but we that's why we started the initiative empower empowers because if you're going to use social media we're going to use it in an empowering way and that's what we've taught our girls and our boys and they do such an amazing job at it um they're always posting things that are empowering and raising each other up and it's really exciting to see that transformation so you think it's the expectation that might be put there that they'll they'll rise to that yes i think so um i think it is it is an expectation and, and we do have the code of conduct and we're a zero tolerance on bullying and uh singling people out for negative reasons and it's just not something that we tolerate and a lot of that age they want to be professionals this is what they want to do when they graduate they're on that professional track and they're not going to jeopardize that um so right. that they can get that education and they just they're doing great with it they're doing really great with it so do you follow the ones that go beyond do you kind of keep up with them they, we do they we back? don't have a lot um because we just started and right, we had we had um we didn't have very many older ones. Uh, we just had two leave that we love more than life. Uh, yeah. They just left two days ago for college, and they're majoring in musical theater at Kennesaw State. And they actually got into the school that Alex and I went to and uh, chose to stay here in Georgia for in-state tuition, which, praise God, right? Yeah, we all love in-state. And uh, they, love, they love it so far. Uh, they haven't started classes yet. They're meeting people and getting things ready and it broke our hearts when they left but we know they had to uh, right. you're supposed to let them fly. I know we gotta let them yeah. fly but they are they're really excited about moving forward and I'm sure we'll go see their shows and keep in touch yeah so. that's great so right now how what's the youngest age that you're working with again we started 18 months to two years depending on um if they're ready to yeah. be in class without mom right. and so that starts at about 18 months to two years and then we we have all the way up to 75 76 77 year olds that take oh, our wow. adult ballet oh 
Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, well, I want to touch on two things. Sure. Here. Um, do you go into the schools and make any kind of introduction of dance or work with any of the, like there's that huge preschool. Sure. So the way we kind of work with the schools, um, the way we've gotten the schools involved is they've been super supportive, especially the pre-K in coming to all of our children's shows. They started from the very beginning and they had about 400 kids that came every time and they have come year after year and they've already signed up for this coming year. So we're doing Finding Nemo in October. So they're really, that's kind of how we get our name out there. You'll right. see kids out and they're like, Miss Arne, I think you were that that Pumbaa person in Lion King at that uh. Empire place. I'm like, yeah, that was me. And they'll, they'll come and start taking dance or even just come to our shows because they love theater. And it, what's really cool about our children's shows is we've started out in a lot of the pre-K, but even 7th, 8th grade, when we first started, they would come in and they're like, wait, where's the screen? Oh, we're going to watch a movie. And we're like, no, this is a live theater production. There's going to be people on the stage. And it was completely foreign to them. They've a lot of, I would say 75, 80% of this county has never seen a live production or even thought it was an existent thing because this is not an area where we see live theater. And so to show them that and to see their faces when they walk out, like those were real people on a real stage, real life. It's really cool. That is, it's funny. You don't think about those things. You just, just obvious everybody has. Right. Right. And they just, and a lot of them just haven't seen it. So it's really cool to experience their first time. Yeah. Open up their eyes to a big world. And then I guess with all the reproductions that are coming now or the the live action things, it's really cool. And with the movie that, yeah, it's really, it's really good for the kids and performing arts sometimes is, is seen as on the back burner and you know, it's like softball, which I love softball. Don't get me wrong. I played it played it for a long time but some kids just aren't softball players you know right. and some kids just so what do they do so what do they do and I don't want them sitting at home or, or on the streets getting into things they shouldn't you know they've got to be busy at that age in this day and age they just have to be busy and learning um because you just there's so many different paths that they could choose and you want them to choose a good one you know yeah, exactly so. and sometimes they can be over scheduled but do you feel yeah. like the kids that come into you are some over scheduled i would say some of them uh maybe feel a little over scheduled sometimes but uh they just want it so bad you know we don't force them to take anything that they don't want to take uh of course we recommend things that we feel like they're ready for but there's kids that are in our studio 20 hours a week um because they just don't want to be anywhere else and it's really it's really it's really a good thing to see we try to give them time for homework and we give them snack time and and break time but the way I see it, if it's as long as it's an empowering atmosphere and they're learning and there's no negative um, things happening in that in that area, then it's a good thing for the kids. Yeah, so that is. I'm... Now you're a mom. I am. So spending a lot of time at the studio and having a family, how do you balance? And how old? My baby's three. And so it is hard. Uh, What's great about it is I'm able to spend all morning with her because we start classes at four in the afternoon. So we go from about four to nine. Usually I'm there from like four to 1030 or 11, just getting everything prepared for the next day. But 
it is hard sometimes. I know my husband. It is. It's a balance. My husband is like, um, honey, when are we going to see? I'm like, but this show has to be ready and I have to get the backdrops done. I mean, I don't know what you want me to do, honey, but he, he understands and he's great with helping. And Alex actually has two. So she has a four and a two-year-old and I have a three-year-old so we do have to find that family time that family balance and it's hard sometimes because like I said our mission statement is to build the kids so we end up staying there for you know several hours just to because we just love them so much and we just want them to succeed and um we've had a couple parents be like look like we're so excited about what you're doing for our kids but you might want to go home and see Chatham (laughs) So, so it is hard but um I'm just really excited about this next year with Chatham it's my last year at home with her in the morning time so I haven't decided if we're going to homeschool or send her to pre-k because if I send her to pre-k I won't see her because I'll be at school so I remember those days I I, we actually did homeschool and um, part of my frustration Isaac started kindergarten and I realized that everybody they were getting all the best parts of his day I was getting the meltdown I was getting the exhaustion I was getting (laughs) and I I hated that so we did the little thing where all right it's I forgot what time of year but we snuck him in it was like maybe the the end of the year we pulled him out and I said you know we can try this toward the end of the year and if we just can't do it I can sneak him back in in the first grade nobody will ever know right so we came home and he didn't go back to public school or into private school until um, he wanted to play football right and then it was like okay you, you want that we'll give you that but um, right well that's so um that's kind of it's kind of a hard thing because our children shows that we do we're only allowed to hire homeschool students because it's at 10 o'clock every day for two weeks so we have a big homeschool program as far as the kids that audition for that and we're leading them in the, them in the professional direction so it's like well I want my kid to be part of that but at the same time yeah. I went to public school loved yeah. public school have no problem with public school so it's going to be hard. It is a hard decision, <laughs> a hard but, decision. but it is, um, you know, you look at your circumstances and sure. figure out what works best right. for you. But homeschool is a huge commitment, too. It so is. then all of a sudden you're um, doing all. But I used to tell people, you're basically homeschooling when you're helping with homework. You're figuring out what sure. needs to be put in. And so right. I mean, it's, it's not as terrifying. You just have to <laughs> approach it as such. Um, well, that's. That's interesting that the high school doesn't jump in and say, hey, let's have a a um, period where we could have a class that, that enabled them really to do cool. that. would be really cool. We would love to do that. And, you know, we just haven't really explored that um, option, but we would love to do that. One of our problems is a lot of people don't know we're here as far as a theater program. Um, our dance studio is thriving and doing wonderful and it's great our hardest part right now uh, our children's shows do great because the schools bust in but our hardest part right now is our summer theater program it's just hard to believe there's a professional theater in cordial you know it's like sure there is yeah i was like really it's really That's... hard to and if we could just get people in the seats once they come back yeah it's just just trying to convince them to give it a try once yeah. and it's great for the family it's just as it's actually cheaper than going to the movies the ticket prices that we have and you see a live production and it's it's a great experience we're just trying to get the word out there for it you know yeah. and we have the new york actors come and live for the month of june and 
Do they have culture shock? They they some of them do. (laughs) This year we actually got one that was originally from Tennessee and one that was originally from Savannah. So they kind of knew what they were coming to. Um, But some of the others are like, "Whoa, where are are the restaurants closed? And why is it so hot?" (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and the gnats is a bless them. We give them a welcome basket when they come and. The Nataway spray is definitely the first thing we're like, here's how it works. <laughs> and they're going, no, no. not they're really. Like, no, and then they there's find not. out. Right. And they're yeah. spraying it as they walk exactly. out. The, one of them, this one was like, there were bugs in my room. Like, what do they look like? Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And they're like, they fly around and they're, li- I'm like, those are gnats. Do you have the door open? Because they come <laughs> in if you have the door open. So it's just funny. Like, you know, it's just a, cult, a totally different culture for them. And, but it's, it's really fun to have them here. We we go audition in New York or we go to a thing uh, called SETC, which is a theater conference that people sign up for. And they'll do a monologue and song in front of us and then we can call them back. And that's usually in Charlotte. We're heading there next weekend to hire for the next year. So. Cool. Okay, I'm going to ask the question that I don't know if you can answer. Is it expensive to pull them in? You know, it is, it is in a way, um, but we think it's worth it for our kids to be able to experience that. And that's what Alex and I did. Um, we would travel around and live random places for a month at a time. And so um, we like to think that we're very accommodating to the actor because we were those actors that yeah, lived you knew in. what it felt like. And we lived in, you know houses for horses and places with no air conditioning and we walked everywhere we went so we try to provide them with a company car and a place with air conditioning and um not a place where horses stay you know things yeah. like that um <laughs> minor but little details minor little details that you wouldn't think you need to say but but <laughs> the places that i did live in like the complete slums of life were probably the best experiences that i had mm-hmm. But we did want to provide them with the best possible service and southern hospitality. And right. so we do that. It is expensive. We do pay them weekly to come in. But in fact, this past year, some of the actors were talking. They were like, look, like you have so much talent here in the theater. Like, why do you why did you bring all of us in? Because we hired four. They're like, we love being here. But why did you hire all four of us? Because you have people who could play the roles that we're playing because they're, they've been coming up and they're 15, 16 and they're super talented. And. For us, it's we would rather go without in some areas and pay for them to come so that the kids can have that experience with them because it's not an experience you can get anywhere else. And we want them to rub elbows with New York City actors and see professionals working because in our in our hopes and dreams, that's where they're going to be in as little as three years in some cases. So we just want them to have as much time with them as they can. I think that's great. All right. You are you are artistic. But it sounds like you have a huge business mind, too. You know, I don't. It does sound like that. You come off well as that. Thanks. Um, We actually, Alex and I went into this business together, two creative people, artistic people, who were just excited to, like, share our art, you know? And we didn't think about the other stuff. We did the other stuff, but we weren't very good at it. Answering emails, you know, financial, like, paying. We just were not good at that because we just have such a creative mind and just not in that yeah, mindset. It is not both right? sides it's of the not brain, both usually. sides of the brain. And we knew we had to do it, but it's like it was hard. So about uh three years in, uh one of the couples that Todd and Lisa that took their kids took from us for 
for three years um they were like look we love it here we love what you're doing we believe in your concept we were wondering if we could buy into the business and give you some business aspect of it and we were like yes we need someone to tell us how to run the business side and so he's a jag with the air force he just retired so he's our legal advisor and um does all of our legal things and then lisa has a business admin degree so she does all of our financials and everything that we just don't do so if i sound business minded it's because i've listened to them for two years they've trained me well (laughs) that's that is good because that's how you can grow if you're only creative it just wasn't it just and it was working but we were just completely bogged down and completely overwhelmed and yeah, it was that's how you had to spend your morning right was doing exactly all and it was growing exponentially which was a huge blessing but we just could not keep up and so bringing them in was a huge blessing it's been great they actually lived in Warner Robins Georgia and moved to Cordial to be part of the business so that's fabulous um so um, we talked about how you maintain the cost, but um, do you have scholarships or we do that type um, of? Uh, local businesses have been really great. We reach out to them if there's a kid that um, we just know can't afford it. Um, we'll kind of delve into their situation a little bit and reach out to local businesses. The community league has helped us several times with. Uh, kids that may be less fortunate and not able to afford it um several businesses in and around downtown have been helpful so we do we we want the kids to be there we so we 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 do we search for those scholarships for kids that that aren't able to afford it okay do you um when you're thinking about working with all of these kids do you find yourself wanting to really offer advice and is there, if you were looking at yourself at some of these ages, like the 14-year-old girl, what kind of message would you give to her? You know, the message that we try to portray to those girls is, and boys is that we didn't have this when we were their age. And we, not that we hold ourselves in high regard or anything like that, but we see them pursuing and achieving things that we weren't able to achieve until we were 21 22 and they're going to be so ahead of the game when they get into the professional world and so we we try to explain to them like no matter how hard it feels right now no matter how hard you're working how many hours you're putting in don't get down on yourself because these are things we learned as 21 year olds and you're putting them into effect right now at 14 and you're going to be so ahead of the game so we just try to explain to them that the knowledge they're receiving right now is something that's going to help them in the future and they understand that but also something that we really harp on is no one you're not successful until you get rehired so if you get hired by a wonderful company say broadway say a a wonderful regional theater um that's great but you're not successful until you are rehired by the theater because you're a good person and you're likable to work with oh wow so we explained to the girls, look, you can be super talented. You can use this knowledge in a great way. But the second that you turn into a snob or you're not humble or you're mean to others or you hold yourselves higher than the people that you're auditioning with and don't treat them as an equal, you're not going to get rehired and you're not going to be successful. So no one wants to work with someone like that. And it's a small it's a small world out there. You know, you get blacklisted fast when you're that person that just can't treat people well. People just don't want to work with you. So we train them. At 14, at 15, look, you're extremely talented. We love that about you. You're learning so much. However, the second you turn extremely talented into I'm wonderful and I'm better than everyone else, that's the second you don't succeed because you just won't make it. 
That's a great message. Everybody needs to come through dance to, to get <laughs> right. that message from right. you guys. Right. Because I think that's part of the problem. That happens across the board. It does. In careers. And, mm-hmm. you know, I used to think group projects were just ridiculous. <laughs> right. but, and, and they may be to a certain extent. But that's kind of real right. life. It you is. That's where you're going to go. And you're going to, you're not working with just yourself for the rest of your life. Someone has to hire you and others have to be on stage with you. And they're not going to want to be on stage with you again if you're horrible to work with. And there's a lot of entitlement these days too, which we yeah. try to kind of nip in the bud. But like, you know, you've worked hard, but that doesn't mean that you deserve everything. Someone may be better than you. Someone may have worked harder. Someone may have fit that costume this time and you didn't fit the costume they already had. And they're not going to make another one. Someone has red hair and they don't want to wig you. So they're going to hire the redhead. It's not always personal in this business. And the second that people realize like, all right, you know what? Great. Didn't book it. Moving on to the next thing. When you're in New York City, you're doing seven, eight auditions a day. And out of 30 auditions, you get one callback. And out of those, every callback, after at like a five, you get one one booking so you're looking at hundreds of auditions a month that people are going to say nope thank you next and if you don't have a hard skin and you're not don't feel entitled then you're gonna be like okay great somebody else is gonna like me i'm gonna move on go get ice cream so for about a minute and pick myself back up <laughs> so that's kind of what we try to teach the girls we don't give them everything and we don't they're not always going to get the lead and they're not always going to make the competition team or get the costume that they want because we're going to give them what they deserve in that moment. And that's what the world's going to do to them. And we want them to be prepared for that when they get there. We don't want the first time they get a no to be when they're 18 in New York city by themselves and mom's not there. (laughs) You know what I mean? So that's how the world is. And we just want them to, to hold themselves to a higher standard and, and just keep going no matter what. Okay. I see how you can teach that to those that can interact with you and have a, rational conversation sure what about the little ones it's hard it's hard sometimes um we we do have some of the little ones that and we're not obviously we're not as harsh on this on the smaller ones but we do have a couple that you know they'll they'll audition for competition they're like well why did i not make competition team well here's the reason we weren't pointing our toe we weren't focusing in class we were we weren't listening. We were talking to our friends, and we have to be ready for all of that. So next year, we really want to focus on not talking to our friends during rehearsals and listening to the teacher and you know, not throwing a fit at this moment and this moment and this moment. And so those are the kinds of things that we're very, you know, we're not like, sorry, didn't make it next. <laughs> you know, we're, yeah. we really do sit down with them, them and their mom and like, look, like you were so great. You're super talented. However, here's the three things that are the reason why. So if you can work really hard this semester and show us that you can do all those three things next semester, you're going to make it. Yeah. And so it's a very positive experience really for all of them. Um, even if they don't make it, um, but it is still hard. But it's one of those things too. It, we have the MP awards um, yearly in May, and not everyone gets an award, you know. But we want to train the kids that it's like, okay, I didn't get it this year, so that's going to light a fire in me because next year I'm getting that award. I'm the one who's going to be the most valuable dancer in my class because I'm going to listen and I'm going to obey and I'm going to really flourish in that area. And if there's no sense of motivation to get better then everyone's just complacent so that's the kind of atmosphere we like to so it's kind of tough for you it because is that's that can emotionally and you have to kind of step out a little bit you do 
You do. It's really hard. Um, it's hard sometimes, too, just to see. You know, we love them all. So if it was up to us, everybody would make competition team. And everyone would. And it is up to us. You know, we right. are making. But if, but if we. But the stage isn't was right, so big. Exactly. So. And it's it's one of those things where our mission statement is to build the kids. And this took me a long time to realize because it was like, okay, just cast all of them. You can't break. What are you going to do? Like, you can't break the hearts. Okay. And then this time we're going to just give everybody. Let's make another award for this. Per- it's like. But building children's lives is our mission. So as a mom, you know, like, is it is it building their lives to tell them that it was wonderful in that moment and put them on stage for something they're not prepared for? Right. No, that's yeah. not building them. Building them is not getting it and then thinking, oh, man, I need to work hard. I'm going to work hard, and next time I'm going to get it. And we've seen kids do that over and over. They work hard, and they push, and now they're some of our top dancers. But in the beginning, they didn't make it. And um, if you don't have that sense of push and that sense of, wow, I really need to get better, and I'm not handed everything in life, um, that's not building the kids, you know? And so it's really hard for us. But, well, but giving them the constructive criticism sure. is also good. And it, it's hard as a parent to hear that. But I, I really wasn't that kind of parent because if they hurt themselves on the basketball court, it was more like, get up and get through the game. Right. You are a part of the team. <laughs> right. They're counting on Right. Them. Well, we, so. you know, and as hard as it sounds that we are, um, we do. I mean, we love these kids. I mean, we're praying with them in the costume closet because of something that's going through their life right now and they open up to us in a way that maybe they don't aren't able to open up to their parents in that moment or their friends or the I'll tell you this the things that middle school girls go through these days are things I never went through and it is so hard and and it's great to be able we do you know we pray before every show we we really try to show them that you know we don't force it on them of course we want anyone to come to our theater but we are christians and we do think that we wouldn't be here without jesus and so we try to and so that in the girls when they're having a hard time and we'll sit and we'll pray with them we'll cry with them we'll hold them and so it's not necessarily just all like nope you didn't get it try harder <laughs> you know yeah. um we're never really like that it's more like okay guys let's talk about what we could do better let's talk about now you looked at the video what do you think what do you think you could improve upon and that's how you get better in anything I mean, that's real life you know and but it's not it's not on it's not all negative by any means it's really not negative at all it's just mm-hmm. positive reinforcement and um like I said, we pray with them, we cry with them. It's more of a family at Empire yeah. than it is a, a teacher being pushy or, <laughs> or telling you you're not good enough in that moment. We never really do that. It's it's more just positive, like, how can you get better? How can we improve ourselves every day? Well, if you're spending that much time together, you form those relationships. We do. And you earn we the do. right to talk to them you right. know, with and some of the directions. Well, it's hard, too, because it's... Um, then they leave us, you know, you know, so you do, you get, you get so attached to them and they're your babies, they're your kids. And then they leave and it's really hard. And I'm sure it's hard for teachers in school too. You know, they have them for a whole year and then they graduate up. But those life lessons that they have, I mean, I, I can go back now, mine are all grown. So I can go back and I can look at events that they were in. Um, and, and we can't parent alone. And I think by having some of these activities and choosing the people that you do let influence your youngsters, then, you know, you're able to instill some lessons that, that I, I, I couldn't on my own. And that's what we hope to do. You know, we hope to be there for them and, and just to be a listening ear sometimes, you know, right. and just to hold them and tell them everything's going to be okay. And, uh, 
you know, we, we involve the parents when we need to, but you know, when the, the kids just want someone that they trust and they can open up to. And I, and I hope that we can be that for them as well as positive individuals in their life, because you're right. You want them to be around people who, who I would want my kid to be around, you know? And so I try to strive to be that person, the person that uh, people would want their kids to be around and not someone like, look, we're going to have to go somewhere else because that teacher is not who we want yeah. you in, being influenced by. Well, and so. you are in a small town, so they will see exactly. you Exactly. You're kind of in a fishbowl. Yeah, you, really are. you are. And and we try to live our lives in a way that um, would set an example for the girls and the boys to strive for excellence in their life and uh, not let little things like alcohol, drugs, things that you can get into when you're in high school or even middle school these days, um, you know they don't influence our life and we wouldn't have made it if they had so you have to instill that in the kids and I think they see that so that's good yeah I think they go back and trace okay what do you do and what do you Tom and I um, decided early on we worked with youth a tremendous amount and we decided early on that buying beer you know I I don't really have anything against alcohol but when a young person is putting things in my buggy mm-hmm. and they don't know what I do, right. but maybe their father is at home on the couch drinking mm-hmm. six at a time, they just right. go ahead and assume that's what Tom does that's too. Right. And so we right. we made conscious decisions sure. of this is how we have to live right. because we choose to be an influencer. Mm-hmm. And I think we became influencers long before the term influencer became <laughs> right. what it is today. But um, if you're involved with young people, you're an influencer. Right. And, um, and so that we had to make those choices. And um, so, and as your children grow, then they join you in that fishbowl. Right. That's so right. You um, have to watch that too. That is. That's hard. So if you had one superpower just for today, <laughs> what do you think that superpower would be? Oof, one superpower for today. Um, I think I have a different business head superpower and a different mom superpower. So if my mom superpower would be my house would be clean without me doing it. <laughs> there you go. But I my, could go with that. But my actual superpower that would be beneficial in the world, I wish I could show all of my kids how much talent I see in them. I wish they could see. So it, I guess it would be like if I could be a mirror to the kids, like an actual honest mirror, because there's so many kids who don't, you know, don't get it the first time, don't believe they can do it. Um, if they could see in them what I see, if I, they could see the future cone that I see happening, if they could see where I know they're going to be in five years, um, then that would probably be the best influence because there, there's so many, um, there's so much insecurity in the world. And I just, I would love to shine a light on the fact, like, this is where you're going to be. I know this is where you're going to be. So don't be hard on yourself. Keep pushing. You're going to get there. That's what I would want. That's great. That's an awesome superpower (laughs) to come up with on the spot. I mean, (laughs) so, so that's pretty genuine because you do see every day so many kids. Right. And uh, so that's, that's great. So uh, how do people get in touch with you? What are your social media how do they find you sure so we have a website empireperformingarts.com you can register for classes on there you can see pictures and information videos about the things that we do and the classes that we hold summer camps workshops agent showcase all that information is on there empireperformingarts.com you can also give us a call 
at 229-805-5577. We love to talk to you that way. And then we have an email address that's empiretheaterinfo at gmail.com. Great. What if somebody is a performer? I mean, hopefully this is going to go worldwide. <laughs> yes. And if they want to come and be a part of what you are involved in. Sure. Uh, we'd love to have them. We have people submit resumes all the time, um, resumes and headshots all the time to be part of our children's shows or part of our summer shows. And we're always taking those headshots and resumes and doing interviews. We'll do like FaceTime callbacks and things like that. Uh, look at their reels. We'd love to have them stop in and see what we're doing at Empire. That's great. Okay, I've got to go back because you just reminded me of a note that I actually made and didn't look at. You mentioned that you did FaceTimes with your sister. Sure. So tell me a little bit about that because you're pretty much in a rural area here too. Sure. So sometimes, and when I say too, I'm saying I'm in a rural area as well. Sometimes internet is not as great. So tell me how that's working for you. How did y'all get involved Yeah, in it's that? going well. Um, so my... My mom is the voice and piano teacher here, but she stays very booked um, and has a wait list, so um, a waiting list. And so we found that a lot of our kids were on the waiting list, and we really needed them to be in vocal lessons so that they could thrive in the musical theater aspect and get those jobs that they were wanting to get. And my mom only has so many hours in the day, you know, yeah. and so she was completely full. So um, my brother is Austin French. He's a contemporary Christian artist, and he was doing some vocal lessons and via FaceTime, and it was just a really huge thing in Nashville right now, and uh, people are doing that. And he got really busy with tours and his family, and um, and now that he's on the radio a lot, he's, he's traveling more, and he just didn't have time to um, – keep up with those lessons and so he called my sister and she's in performing arts too and he's like look could you take a couple of my students just see how it works um see if they like it you know just go for it and they love it she's great she's wonderful and so then she said well you know what I could take mom's wait list um and so basically how it works is when they get in with Hannah um some of them keep Hannah they love Hannah and then some of them that want the one-on-one -on -one experience in person uh, they go with Hannah first, and then once Kim has an opening, they'll move into Kim. And a lot of them stay with Hannah, though. They love it. It works great. I would say it's better for, like, 10 and up. Um, sometimes 9 and under on a FaceTime call, it's kind of hard to keep a focus. Um, if there's any – there's not a lot of technical issues, but just being one-on-one -on -one with an 8-year-old is just better, you know, than being on FaceTime. But if you're 10 and over and you're looking for voice lessons, Hannah does it, and she's great. And um, she kind of got into it through Austin. And so now they all three kind of teach, and I teach. And my mom, I don't know if that's what she thought we were going to be doing when we grew up, but she definitely instilled it in us, and we love it. And yeah, that's what, what we're doing. what a family of entrepreneurs. That is awesome. Well, that's very interesting because it's taking technology – that we have available to us and that kids are so adept with. Sure, yeah. The and kids, utilizing it for something Especially good. teenagers, you know, they're all about a FaceTime voice lesson. <laughs> they're all about a FaceTime voice lesson. They're already on their phones anyway, so why not do something constructive, you know? so That is great. So if people want information on that, can they channel through you? They can. Or? They can channel through Empire. Um, we we have links to both Hannah and Kim. We can get you hooked up with both of them. So Fantastic. I have so enjoyed this. It's been great. I've learned a lot. And Lauren, I appreciate the time and uh, wish you the best. In Thank your you adventures. so much for having me. This has been so exciting. I've loved every second. Thank you.
wasn't that fantastic. That was Lauren French Barnett. You've been listening to Stack Keys Podcast. You can find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, or anywhere you get your favorite podcast listen. You'll laugh out loud, cry a little, find yourself encouraged. Join us for casual conversation that leads itself based on where we take it. From family to philosophy to work to meal prep toward beautifully surviving life. Thanks for listening.